Great. Hello there. <laughs> we have one fan on the first row. There you go. Hey, it's uh, great to see everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we do uh, celebrate uh, the Christian home, the opportunity to be in family together. It's a great day. It's uh, right there at the top of the list, if you will, of times to, to celebrate those we uh, love the most. Uh, it's time to uh, grapple with the challenges that we so often find in family, uh, to uh, know that God is with us in the mix of all of that. Laughter is one of the wonderful ways we can express ourselves. We, we know that to be the case. It's, it's always good to laugh. It's just very expressive, sometimes very cathartic. We can express ourselves with laughter in ways that we uh, really uh, can't uh, do Otherwise, laughter is just really important for our lives. Laughter is a lot like crying in that regard. You know, we're able when we, um, when we cry to express things that we just can't express otherwise. Well, there are all kinds of laughter. We, we know that to be the case. There long, there's a long list there. Uh, of course, there's laughter that happens in response to a good joke, a funny story, some, some sort of... Uh, funny uh, circumstance in, in life. There's uh, laughter of recognition. We recognize something about ourselves or somebody else, and we, uh, we laugh about it. There's even laughter that surprises us. We, we just can't help ourselves. It, it just sort of washes uh, over us. It uh, happens to every one of us in the most surprising ways. I've uh, pulled out a, a video clip of a, a segment from an old Seinfeld show. Uh, it's that uh, famous scene where uh, Jerry, Elaine, and George are uh, seated. Uh, they're at a, at a concert, a piano concert. Uh, one of George's uh, girlfriends, and George's, as he always is, is uh, quite, uh, quite tense. And uh, Jerry and Elaine uh, t kind of break the tension, if you will. Uh, this is laughter of surprise in a, in a big way. Let's uh, watch this uh, video if we would. I don't know how anyone does this. This must be so nerve-wracking. How do they warm up their fingers? They have a piano backstage they warm up on. No, we would have heard it. What do you think? They just crack their knuckles and come out? How do we all go out afterwards, okay? Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and don't applaud when she stops playing the first time. It's not over yet. <laughs> Who said that? That's directed at me, isn't it? Is this okay? Can I do this?
Let me say this. This is a non-Pez zone. <laughs> Don't want anybody walking out laughing during the sermon. Laughter is a surprise. Uh, let's consider a, a, another sort of laughter. It's a laughter of disbelief. The laughter of disbelief comes when we just know that something we hear about or are faced with is seemingly impossible. We can do no other but just laugh at the circumstance. Mom used to say, uh, sometimes it's better to laugh than to cry. She uh, offered quite a bit of wisdom there. The laughter of disbelief is uh, simply a part of the human experience. We, we encounter it today in that wonderful story of Sarah hearing that she would soon give birth to a baby. The news was laugh-worthy in the sense that uh, Sarah was 90 and her husband was 99. She heard the news while overhearing three travelers speaking with her husband, Abraham. Huddled there in the background, Sarah laughed to herself, thinking that no one had heard her. But yet God heard her and took the opportunity to teach her about his faithfulness. So we read about that in Genesis 18, verses 10 through 15. Let's read that just now. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. But she said, yes, you did. You laughed. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we uh, hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take uh, our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless each of us. I had promised a couple of weeks ago that we would uh, pick up the, the story of Sarah on Mother's Day, and that's exactly what we're doing. The story of Sarah is a story about divine possibilities and a developing faith. Divine possibilities, a developing faith. Sarah had already lived a long life. She had been faithful to God all along. The news of her uh, giving birth at 90 was a stretch, even though she was quite the faithful person. Her, her faith still needed developing. God never finishes with this. Just as with Sarah, he needed to develop her faith even more deeply, so he does with us as well. He so longs to, to stretch us in the, the regular flow of life to the, to the end that our faith is growing stronger and stronger all the time. Abraham was a man of deep faith, 
very deep faith. In fact, we have already acknowledged that Abraham has been considered the father of faith. Yet even he laughed upon hearing that the two of them, Abraham and Sarah, would have a son. In Genesis 17, 17, uh, we find these words, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and, and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? So a lot hinged on Abraham and Sarah having a child. The very covenant that God had made with, uh, with Abraham depended upon that. God promised that Abraham would lead a great nation and that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. No child, no descendants. It was as simple as that. There was one problem, though, that uh, the two had to encounter, Abraham and Sarah. They both were well beyond childbearing age. When they heard that God would finally deliver, they could do no other but laugh, both in relief and in disbelief. The fact that Abraham and Sarah were well beyond childbearing age teaches us that we really are never too old or too young, for that matter, to be used of God. Hope that we get a sense of that, regardless of our age. God is always ready to use us. The fact is this, nothing is impossible for the Lord. The question is asked, and in the context of this story, is anything too hard for the Lord? And, and that question is asked in such a way to elicit a hearty no way. There is nothing that is impossible for God. Mary and Elizabeth would be assured of that when the angel approached them, as both of them were with child. The angel said, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary was a virgin, Elizabeth was old, and yet the angel told them, with God, nothing is impossible. God is all about bringing his divine possibilities into play in, in our lives. Those things that only come by his hand. God is always at work to bring about the, the great things that he longs to have a part of our lives. Let's call them divine possibilities. I love that great truth that uh, is a part of the Campus Crusade for Christ, the four spiritual laws. It's a wonderful uh, salvation track. It starts out like this. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. God loves you. It has a wonderful plan for your life. Do you believe that? Not only that God loves you, but that he has a wonderful plan for your life. As Paul writes in, in, in Romans 8, 28, God is, is actively at work bringing about his good purposes for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Here on Mother's Day, we should be encouraged, among other things, about the divine possibilities in family. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? It's a good question to ask in the mix of family. It's a question to, to ask ourselves uh, individually, but, but certainly as it applies to our, our families. Is there anything too hard for the Lord, particularly given 
the sort of stresses and strains, the sort of challenges that face the family today. Let's be honest, there is a lot that does face the family. The pressures are abundant. There's so much that that really does conspire to, to pull us apart. Our attention is on other things instead of the essential of nurturing family. The pressures of work and school are very much a part of life. The influence of of social media is more than we would ever care to admit. And the draw of culture that in so many ways stands contrary to what we believe challenges us to no end. And that's only the beginning of the list of those things that work and conspire to draw us apart from one another. God's present to help, though. Let's assert that. God is always present to help. He helps us persevere, if not overcome. He offers direction, guidance, and good counsel. God has a way of of steadying our hearts, even when things, and particularly when things get, get awfully tense. He has a way of steadying our hearts, calming our emotions, and giving us peace. Our son Brian and his wife Cassie have three children, all under the age of eight. Brian and Cassie both have jobs. They are active in their church, and they have their kids involved in in all sorts of things. They lead a pretty hectic life, not unlike so many young couples with with family. Brian Brian shared with me one day uh, something that I really have never forgotten. He said, "We, we live on such a a, a narrow margin, a narrow margin of error, he he put it. Everything has to go according to plan, and when that does not happen, things really begin to fall apart quickly. I've learned that it is not a perfect world, and anybody in family has, has certainly learned that as well. We really can't expect it to be. But how do we muster the sort of strength, the, the, the sort, of, uh, sort of faith, the sort of disposition to be able to move through the uh, imperfections of life to where when things uh, don't go according to plan, uh, things don't so much fall apart? Just this past week, uh, Cheryl went down to Nashville to take one of Brian and Cassie's kids to her preschool's Muffins with Mom. Little Maggie was uh, overjoyed that her Gigi was uh, able to join her. In fact, we were teasing that it was uh, muffins with Maggie. This was her big day. Well, just the night before, Brian and Maggie turned into their neighborhood after a long day, and Maggie threw up all over the back seat. There would be no muffins with Maggie the next day. Well, Maggie recovered, as kids do, almost at the snap of a finger with such things, and she had uh, muffins with Gigi on Friday. I'm glad Cheryl was there to help, kind of on the edge there, if you know, when things just don't go according to, uh, to plan, when you're running with a thin margin of error anyway, it's good to be able to have that uh, sort of support. It's not a perfect world when it comes to family. So it might be that uh, with faith, we should pray. Pray all the time. 
maybe a, a really great prayer to pray. I, it's one that I pray all the time for myself individually. Uh, certainly pray uh, in that regard for family. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. How about repeating, I, I trust you, Jesus, as a way of reminding ourselves that God is worthy of our trust, particularly when things are just flying in all sorts of different directions, certainly not going according to plan. I trust you, Jesus. That, that helps us to be centered upon the provision that God through Jesus Christ uh, longs to, to, to provide. It might even be that we would pray this, oh God, forgive me when I laugh in disbelief instead of, instead of trusting you like I should. As Abraham and Sarah came to learn, nothing is too hard for the Lord. When it comes to living by faith, Ashley, uh, last week, as she shared, uh, began to turn our focus just a bit. As you know, we have been uh, talking here for the past few weeks about living by faith, what it means to live by faith. We've, we've used as the, the backdrop of what we're, um, uh, what we're uh, talking about, uh, Old Testament personalities, those famous Old Testament personalities that, uh, that really have, um, uh, have, have really had effect throughout all of, uh, all of history. So we've talked about living by faith. Ashley uh, began to shift things from an emphasis on our faith to the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God in our lives every time. Instead of putting the focus on our faithfulness, we do well to consider the faithfulness of God. That's exactly what took place with Abraham and Sarah. As we turn to um, our passage from Hebrews 11, we read this from the, the 11th verse. And by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. There you have it. She considered God faithful. The very one who had made the promise, he was not going to back down on what he had promised. Not so much her faith, but the faithfulness of God. It's a good, a good shift for us, certainly to be concerned about our own faith response to God, but God's faithful response to us. And as we know, God came through in a big way. He was faithful to, to deliver just as, as he had promised. Sarah experienced that. God was worthy of her trust. She considered him faithful, the one who had made the promise. In like fashion, Abraham had come to know God's provision as well. Now, we talked about that in a big way a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the, the testing of Abraham, you know, that, uh, that supposed sacrifice of, of Isaac and how God provided, how God was faithful. We consider today that uh, here, even before Isaac's birth, Abraham had to consider the faithfulness of God as one who was 99 years old, uh, his wife 90 years old, the promise of a, of a child. Remember, he too had laughed upon hearing the news that Sarah would give birth. From Hebrews eleven twelve, we read, and so from this one man, and he as good as dead, 
came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. God proved himself faithful. What is highlighted here in this story about Abraham and Sarah is not so much their faith, but, but God's faithfulness. It's the faithfulness of God that makes the difference. Our faith wavers all the time. Let's be honest with ourselves. Our faith is all over the place. It's up and down, and sometimes it gets, gets sideways. Our, our faith is a, a lot like a, a sapling planted in the ground, and the winds come, and it's just all over the place. We've had a lot of wind here recently, and we, we've seen that actually happen before our very eyes. A sapling in the middle of a yard or a field, and the winds come, and it's just blown all over the place. Our faith is apt to waver at any moment. But yet there's consolation in that. God's faithfulness never wavers. Because of God's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So we ask ourselves, is anything too hard for the Lord? How dare we laugh in disbelief at anything God is about to do? It's as though um, that happens all the time. Whether we laugh out loud or just internally we're just wondering uh, what God is up to, where he may be. Sometimes we, we even get to the place where we feel as though God might be a million miles away. God is always faithful. I love how the New Revised Standard Version uh, puts that question. It reads, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? The New American Bible puts it this way, is anything too marvelous for the Lord? Absolutely not. God always shows himself worthy of our trust. He does that every time. God is worthy of our trust There's nothing uh, too marvelous, too wonderful that is beyond the activity and benevolence of our God. It was that way for Abraham and Sarah. It's that way for our families, or at least it should be, as we are faithful and as we trust in the faithfulness of God our way. And it is that way for those who live by faith, holding fast to the faithfulness of God for their lives. I pray that we are counted among that number who live by faith, trusting in the faithfulness of God to where we are living with a resounding answer to the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? And we know deep within that the answer is no. God's with us individually. God is with us in our families. He's with us as a common uh, community of faith. He's with us as a church. God is with us as we strike out to be uh, his disciples. In the life of the world, he is always faithful. Let's pray together. And God, we do thank you for your faithfulness. 
We praise you that you make yourself evident in so many ways. We pray, Lord, that uh, we would be awake and alert to that faithfulness. Bless and keep us as we uh, seek to stand strongly with faith. Help us to live by faith. We pray, Lord, that that, um, that would happen at home that you would be evident in in all that we're doing, all that's going on, even as tough as that can be sometimes. We pray that uh, your faithfulness would be evident. Lord, we love you. We need you. We, We thank you that we are able to call upon you, that we are able to give you our lives, even the lives of our families. We pray, Lord, that you would be evident Draw us together in love. May we enjoy your presence at every turn. May we seek to glorify your holy name and give you thanks for the good work that you are doing in our midst. So Lord, we, uh, we pray that you would bless us in family. How, however family is configured, we pray that you would work mightily that we would know of your redemption, your love, and a deep peace as we move forward together. This prayer we make in the name of Christ our Lord, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.